0: Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to another episode of Real Reading Talk. I am your gracious host, Ms. Sasha. And with Real Reading Talk, I discuss the real systemic issues that are at the very core, the very foundation, with no sugarcoating, no chaser, as to why there are low levels of literacy in the Black community and the ways in which we can combat these issues together. I welcome you all. And for those of you, if this is your first time tuning in, I hope that this episode will entice you to come back for more. And for those of you who th- this is not your first time, I thank you for continuously listening to this podcast. And I hope that you are sharing it with other people as well. You can catch this podcast on Spotify, and, of course, on Anchor, which I am recording this podcast on Anchor right now. And uh, there's another platform called Stitcher, I believe. And hopefully I'll be able to get it to the Apple, uh, the Apple Podcasts pl- platform as well. So I'm about to get right on into it, y'all, with this particular episode. And, again, this is episode 38. And with this episode, I wanted to talk about... Ways in which we can make sure, especially since this school year has started for a lot of our children, ways in which we can start to foster an environment, a culture of literacy in our homes. And of course, I've talked on many different episodes about ways in which we can do this. But I wanted to uh, hone in on these four key aspects in which we can do this. And as a matter of fact, there are five. I apologize. There are five, okay? And those of you who have listened to my other episodes, you've heard these different tips before. But I wanted to focus on one of the tips. Uh, I wanted to make sure that this particular tip that I'm giving that we begin to change the mindset and we begin to change the way we are disciplining our children. And yes, I'm talking about my black brothers and sisters. This podcast, my target audience, is the African-American community. And as we know, a lot of us have been used to growing up in homes where we have gotten beaten, whooped, chewed out, dogged out, snatched up. Strung up, um, humiliated, yelled at, beat down, you know, all of these different terms that I have mentioned, and there are plenty more. I'm going to knock your behind into next week. I better not hear a bad report. If I do, your ass is mine. All right. So these are just. Some of the uh, terminologies, or this is some of the statements, I should say, rather, that we have heard. Majority of black folks have heard this, right? We have made jokes about it. We have talked about how, yeah, I remember when I got beat with the extension cord. Yeah, I remember, boy, my mama, she threw that shoe at me, hit me upside the head. Man, I remember my daddy, he came and snatched me up. And he snatched me up by my collar and he was up in my face going off and da-da-da. And I remember when my mama came up to the school and she had rollers in her head and a belt in her hand. And so we got all these stories, right? And... As we know, for those of us who have really been trying to dig deep into that whole notion of us wanting to beat our children or feeling like we need to beat our children, well, a lot of us have been raised in homes where we were told spare the rod, spoil the child. So that's that's one of the things that we've been told, right? Spare the rod, spoil the child, especially if you were been raised in a in a Christian home. All right? Now you might have some people who have been raised in homes to where They may not have heard, especially like if you had a home where they weren't Christian, they were Muslim, or they may not have been of any faith, okay? But spare the rod, spoil the child is pretty much just kind of a a common uh, go-to, okay? So, but with that being said, when you dissect and go back and look into that whole psychology as to where that came from, well, you don't have to look that far because it actually came from the slave plantation. So, that whole notion of beating your children, whooping them, going to get the switch, yelling at them, going off, all of these things, these are things that the enslaved mass, the enslaved, um, our enslaved ancestors, ra- rather, had heard. These are things in which our enslaved ancestors heard from those masters. All right? They were getting humiliated. They were getting beaten. That was the mode in which was used so that our ancestors could continue to pick that cotton, do that work, whatever it is that needed to be done, for those racist oppressors. So it was tyranny and torture. And just, you know, outright uh, craziness that was put upon our ancestors. And so imagine being treated like that and being done like that. And here it is, you've got the, the men are being done like that, the women are being done like that, and the children are being done like that. But more so, the children are seeing that being done. So they're seeing their parents being done like that. Again, like I said, the, the, the adults are being done like that. And so what happens when you are in a situation where you are being traumatized, where you're being totally oppressed? You tend to take on the characteristics of that oppressor. It gets into your subconscious. And then, so then that's when you start acting out those crazy, uh, horrendous discipline tactics. Now, fast forward that to right now. And what made me think about this is um uh I was and this is something that just happened uh a matter of fact earlier today, right? We, I was outside and we were uh grilling. My children were helping me. And it was already the evening time. Sun is set and everything. And so my son, he was riding a bike with a little boy a uh, a couple doors down who I guess was visiting one of our neighbors. And, you know, everything was cool. He was riding a bike with the little boy and then, you know, they was, you know, it was cool, seemed like cool vibe. And then next thing you know, my son had came back to the backyard where I was and he was like, the boy is still back. he went back to the house. And so that's why he wasn't riding a bike with him anymore. Next thing you know, we hear the boy getting chewed out by his dad. I mean, he was going off on him look at me, look at my face. You talk too much. Shut your A up. Now he's saying all of this. Now the little boy, and I don't care how old the boy was, but he was, he was a young boy. My son is nine and the boy looked like he was around that age as well. And the father was just going off. Yeah, you know, he talked too much and, and all of this, that, and the third. And I'm sitting up here like, what's the point in that? Like, Even if whatever it was that he did, whatever it was that he did, you didn't have to go off and embarrass him like that. You didn't have to humiliate him like that. Why did you feel the need to do that? Again, like I said, when you don't understand where that sickness comes from, when you don't understand that type of disciplinary and tactic, you begin to think it's a part of your culture. And then when other people aren't doing it, you start thinking that, oh, man, you being too soft with your kids, you know what I'm saying, especially with a boy. You know, this is, again, a father-to-son interaction. But the thing is, is that what we have to understand is that when you start to humiliate your child, it actually can begin to affect their self-esteem, and it can also affect their cognitive abilities. It can create depression, anxiety. It can affect their learning. And so, just like in that episode, now, Grant, mind you, this man did this out in public. So, you already know how he operates when ain't nobody around. And so, this is one of the things that I had added to the list that I was going to say that, that we need to do in order to foster a culture of literacy in our homes for our children and for ourselves. And I'm gonna start with that one. We need to stop yelling and humiliating our children. We need to stop doing that. And we need to stop it as soon as possible. It's not helping our babies. The humiliation aspect, of course, I'm not saying that you're not going to discipline your child or sometimes you may have to raise your voice. If your child, they're about to run out into the street, is something dangerous happening or something like that. You are like, wait a minute. Stop. You know, that's different. But I'm talking about when you have to, like, correct them for something. You really you needed to check them about something. Pull your child to the side. Don't correct that child in front of everybody. Because all you're doing, again, is like I said earlier, you are creating in your child anxiety. You're making them timid. And in some cases, they turn violent. They start feeling as though um, they're not, that they can't make a mistake. So they start acting like they they, they start walking on eggshells. They start developing those types of behaviors. And again, it affects their learning because a lot of times, my folks, you're doing that when your babies are trying to read and let your baby mess up on a word. Let your baby uh, mess up when it comes to you wanting them to read out loud and then they don't. Oh, oh, you ain't go. What's wrong with you? You know, you can read. You can read out loud. You've done it before. You know how I know? Because I've done that. I've done that. I've done that to my older son. Oh, what's wrong? You know you can read. Go ahead, read, read. It's like, chill, relax. If you try to get your child to read something and they don't read it at that time, even though you see that they know how to read that particular thing, let them be. Don't create unnecessary stress in your child. Because all it's going to do is make them freeze up and then it's not going to make them produce anything that you know they can produce. So that's the first thing that we got to remember. Stop humiliating our children. Stop going off and beating them down and and saying how they need to get a beat down and all these types of things just because of the fact that they may not be reading like they should be reading. That's the first thing. Number two, make sure that you have a print-rich home. Make sure that you have a home in which you have a lot of books in your home. Make sure that you have a lot of materials in which they are surrounded by that they can read, whether they're books, comic books, magazines. Make sure you have those things available for your children. Just like when I interviewed uh, Miss Pamela a few weeks ago and she told me about one of the things that she saw that the kids who still struggle with reading is that there were a lack of books in the home. And I was like, really? In 2021? Yeah, in 2021, unfortunately, you still have people who don't have homes that are print rich. So these are, this is another thing in which we have to make sure that we have. Number three, reading aloud to your children. Making sure you create that special time set aside to read a book to your child. If you can't do it, please go to my YouTube channel, Reading is Freedom. Make sure you subscribe, please. And let me or my children I have read on the channel, let us do the reading for you. Because I get it. There are times in which you can't read aloud to your child. But I highly recommend that you at least get some days in which you're reading aloud to your children. And then when your children get older, they'll actually start wanting to read aloud. So which is great, especially if you have multiple children. And you have that older, older child who can read to, the, to their younger siblings, allow them to do that. That's what you want. That's fostering a culture of literacy in your home. And two more things, advertising books. What do I mean by that? Well, you make sure that you're reading in front of your children. And sometimes if there's something that you've come across that you've read, read it out loud to them. If you're reading a particular book, start talking about that book that you got. Make books seem like they are the best thing, all right, since sliced bread, okay? Okay. Pump those books up. Just like there are books my kids, they know. I get pumped about learning about black people, black history, black culture, black experiences. They know I love that. Black creating generational wealth, all of that. And I order books. And so I get pumped. And they see that, you know, uh, package coming. They like, you know, and they see my little package or whatever. And, and one of the things that I order, uh, I try to order frequently are books. So that's a way of advertising books. And they and they, you know, they like, "Oh, okay, you know, Mommy got her book." And I'm like, "Yeah, y'all, look at this book. I got that whoop de whoop. I'm advertising books, and that's what we should be doing." And last but not least, consistency. Making sure that we are doing the whole model of wash, rinse, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat. We have to make sure that we're doing that over and over again. We have to be consistent. Our kids have to see us reading. We have to make sure we're reading aloud to them or like I said, that your kids are reading aloud on their own. Just like with my daughter, she'll she'll read aloud. Like when I have their, uh, you know, they'll have their time to so where they I make my children read for one hour a day. I don't care what day of, of the week it is, they have to read for one hour and they know that before they get on any device. They have to read for one hour, not 30 minutes, because I'm like they I have my expectations of them is a a little bit more because they live in a home where uh, the the literacy is being fostered and being being nurtured here. And it can always be improved. It can always be better. All right. So I don't I don't definitely I'm not looking at my home. We got it all mapped out. It can always be better. There's always room for improvement. But my daughter, she'll, you know, I'll catch her. She'll be reading aloud the book. Uh, She likes those Big Nate books. She likes those Dork Diaries. Oh, my goodness, man. That Dork Diaries, I was set to order the Dork Diaries for her and her sister, Dork Diaries number 15. And they didn't even have it available on Amazon. I'm like, oh, man, they've been sweating me for that book for the past few months. Mom, you going to order that book? I'm like, okay, okay. And so it came out, and then I wound up, you know, didn't order it yet and finally was set to order it and it wasn't even available but again it makes me feel good to know that they are so excited and so pumped about getting a book and that's how we want our children to be we want our children to feel like reading reading is pleasure they're already being told constantly anyway You know, that, oh, you got to read to pass the test. You got to read this. And then especially in the black community, oh, yes, the reading scores is low and y'all not proficient and you below proficient and you ain't, y'all can't pass the test. All of this garbage that they're hearing constantly day in and day out. And which, yes, I know that in terms of even with working with children that I tutor and children that I have uh, been around in settings where uh, you know, we've had literacy events and there are babies that I'm like, wow, they should be reading some of these words by now. So, yes, you do have that aspect in the black community, which is true. But also at the same time, they still need to uh, learn about the fact that reading is something that could, is pleasurable. It's something that they should enjoy. And we have to tap into what it is that they like. And so that's this could be a bonus tip, as a matter of fact. If you are struggling with trying to get your child to read, always start with what it is that they're interested in. I know it may sound, you know, like, that's it, like, for real, like, yeah, that's it. it it's not, it's not, nothing magical, you know. I'm not going to tell you you got to, you know, walk down the street backwards and then do five somersaults and then do uh, three backflips, and then run around a corner 20 times, and then jump rope, uh, double dutch, you know, for 50 minutes. You no, know, I'm not going to tell you all of that. I'm going to say, yeah, just simply ask your baby what they like, and then get some books based off of what they like. That's literally what you need to start doing. That simple. So yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So like I said, the five tips I gave in terms of fostering that culture of literacy in your home, this is a subject that I've talked about before, but I definitely wanted to drive home that very first one, which is the stop humiliating your children, stop going off on them, stop beating them down, stop You know, thinking that, oh, yeah, you know, that's something that we should be doing. And, you know, you know, that's how I was raised. But just like Dr. Joy DeGruy, when she said in one of her lessons, the the, uh, esteemed Dr. Joy DeGruy scholar, the author of post-traumatic slave syndrome. And one of the things she said was this when she was talking to her audience of people and asking them about when, uh, you know, how they were, got disciplined when they were kids. And I think these were doctors and stuff she was talking to. And they were like, and she's like, how many of you all got beat? You know, how many of you all got whoopings, whatever. And, you know, folks raising their hand and then she talking about the aspects of that and how that, that's negative. And she had to tell them, you know, cause they were trying to push back on it. Like, well, I turned out all right. I became a doctor. Right. I became a lawyer. Right. I got beat down, yoked up, slammed and, you know, beat with the extension cord, the belt, the hanger, you know, all of that. But then she she broke it down. She said, no, you turned all right in spite of, not because of. Let's be clear. So now with that being said. I hope that you all have gained much benefit from this podcast, and I hope that you all will continue. And if you have not started yet, please start with these tips in developing and fostering a culture of literacy in your homes, all right? And um, yes, I'm going to uh, also, i I'd like to, let me mention, do a little few housekeeping things. Again, like I said, uh, please subscribe to my podcast. Go to Spotify, uh, download the Anchor app so you can get the podcast as soon as I upload them. And also, if you are looking for a reading tutor, please go to my website, abclearntutoring.com. That is abclearntutoring.com. Click on the free reading assessment So that I can get your baby assessed so they can go ahead and get started with me. Don't wait until towards the end of the school year now. Get them that help now, okay? And uh, please go to YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Reading is Freedom. Reading is Freedom, where you will find a plethora of read-alouds for your child, for your family to enjoy. Full of black people, okay? Because our babies need to see themselves represented, all right? Believe that, and um, also I wanted to uh, share with you all the book uh, that I've been reading. I've been reading uh, the book by Dr. Gerald Horn, which is talking about uh, the history of uh, white supremacy. Um, I know the title; one of the part of the title is "Apocalypse," uh, talking about white supremacy and. You know the history of, of of that, and I can't remember the the whole title, but just Google Doctor Gerald Horn, and you will see that title in a po- and put in apocalypse. All right, so that will come up. So so yes, yeah, so I just want to share that with you guys, and I thank you all again for tuning in. And I want to uh, leave you all with a quote, and of course I don't, I did not have a quote written down in front of me, uh, but I will just reiterate again, like I said, what Doctor Joy Degru said. When she addressed that audience and when she was referencing in terms of the whole notion of getting beatings and and how someone was pushing back and saying, well, I turned out all right. And in the words of Dr. Joy DeGruy, she said, no, you turned out all right. In spite of not because of those beatings. All right. So let's stop humiliating our children. Let's stop beating our children. Let's start speaking life into them and finding healthier ways to discipline our children, all right? Because real talk, real talk, all right? This is real talk. A lot of times when we're beating our kids, we're doing that because we're angry. It's not really just the, the aspect of what they've done. We're mad because we look at it as a personal attack against us. That's where a big part of that comes from. Let's rid ourselves of that slave mentality because that's what happened to our ancestors, man. We got to break the chains of this trauma, this generational trauma that has been placed on our people. All right, y'all. I'm here for y'all. And this has been Real Reading Talk, episode 38. And this is Miss Sasha. Make sure that you share, like, subscribe, subscribe, and give me some great ratings, y'all. Appreciate y'all. Peace.